Section 18 of Short Stories from the Locomotive Engineer's Journal, Volume 52. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Short Stories from Locomotive Engineer's Journal, Volume 52, by Various. Mr. Wilmar by Pauline D. Edwards. As a girl, I had not many cronies. I did not care for this girl and that girl, each for a brief season, but preferred one very intimate friend, such a friend as I might tell all my joys or sorrows to, and who would respond in kind. To others I was reserved. I would not think of making a confidant of any but the closest intimate friend. Possibly this may have resulted in my having such a friend who superseded all others in the matter of intimacy. Alice Wetherell and I were first schoolmates, then college chums. After our graduation, we were separated for a year. Then we were brought together again. I found on our reunion that Alice was engaged. She received me with the same old affection. But the idea at once took possession of me that although I was her girl chum, I had been reduced from a first to a second place in her heart. I was not long in communicating this idea to Alice. Instead of denying its correctness, she seemed thoughtful, but indisposed to talk about it, when I asked her if either her lover or I must be lost to her, which would she relinquish? She admitted that she would give me up for him. You shall meet him, Gwen, she said to me, and when you have become acquainted with him, I am sure you will admit that you and I, to change places, you would give me up instead of him, in case you must lose one or the other. Why, Alice, how could I do that without being in love with him? Never mind that, was her reply and this was all I could get her to say. Alice not only introduced me to her fiancé, Robert Wilmar, but left me alone with him a great deal. The first time I met him, it did not seem to me that there would ever be anything in common between him and me. He was a serious man, why well, preferred one of lighter vein. My beau ideal of a companion was a man of mirth. The second time I saw Mr. Wilmar, he appeared very different to me, his gravity had given place to levity, but a levity behind which seemed to lurk something, the exact nature of which he did not care to reveal. At our first meeting, Alice was present most of the time. At our second, he called upon me without her. While in the first instance, I dreaded to have Alice leave me alone with him, lest I would not know how to entertain him. In the second, we were in complete rapport. I asked him what had occasioned the change in him. He laughingly declared, that the presence of his fiancée, where he was with another woman, threw him on his beam ends, as he expressed it. If anyone else had said this, I would have taken warning. But he said it jockishly, and not as if he were endeavoring to establish a relation with me in opposition to Alice. Nevertheless, I noticed that whenever Alice was present at our meeting, he was the same reserved man he had been when I first met him. We were as far distant from each other as ever. Certainly Alice had been mistaken in saying that if I knew him and had to choose between her and him, I would choose him. Alice told me one day that she was obliged to go away for a while and charged me to take care, as she expressed it, of her fiancé. I rely upon you, she added, to see to it that no designing girl gets him away from me. Now, I did not like this a bit, for, as I have said, Mr. Wilmar 
when free from her presence, was very attractive to me, and I did not consider myself a very safe person for her to leave him with. Not that I believed myself capable of taking him away from her, but I did not relish the temptation. However, I promised her that I would do my best for her interest, and with that she left me, apparently perfectly satisfied. When Alice returned, I dreaded to meet her. Mr. Wilmarth had not scrupled to make love to me, and I had not the strength to break away from him. While my conscience stung me, his did not seem to trouble him at all. There was ever present with him that devil-may-care bearing, a disposition to consider the matter as something amusing, which he had shown from the first. On the evening before Alice returned, I was with him, and noticing his freedom from consciousness of guilt, an idea occurred to me. I believe I said to him, This is a conspiracy between you and Alice to prove what she once said to me, that if I were called upon to choose between you and her, I would choose you. He burst into a laugh, and I was sure I had guessed right, though he denied my hypothesis in toto. I will admit, he said, that a game has been played. Alice will be with us tomorrow, and she will explain. The next evening, Mr. Wilmarth called and was followed by Alice, and there were two Mr. Wilmarths, twin brothers, Bob and Alec. Alice's fiancé was Bob. Gwen, said Alice, if you had to love me or Mr. Wilmarth, which would you give up? Both, I replied, for perpetuating on me such a deception. We had a double wedding. End of section 18, Mr. Wilmarth.